0: Life. Hello, welcome to Coffee with Crime. I'm and Lewis. I'm Alexi. And we have a very special episode today. So Roles reverse. That's right. Normally we do this uh, once a week. Uh, this week we're actually doing it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and We've uh,
1: had a lot of people saying, make more podcasts. So we said, hey... Yeah, our our moms have been
0: requesting more podcasts (laughs) left and right. Yes. So, okay, so Lewis is actually going to be doing the crime today, and I did the coffee.
1: You know what I've learned? What? That the crime is much harder than the coffee. (laughs) Is it? I think I knew that before, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I have been doing my homework and... uh, I'm a little nervous right now no, just because you're gonna do there's great. so much there's so much going on with with a crime and and telling it right and you do such a good job that I feel like you you set the bar very high. No, so-
0: you're you're going to you're going to be great. I believe in <sighs> Thank you. you. Thank I you. believe in you. All
1: right. Well, coffee first all what right. do we have.
0: So, we have today and Lewis actually told me about this, but it's whipped coffee, mm. which apparently is all the rage right now. <laughs> really popular amongst the kids. Um, so basically what it is, is, um, and this is per cup, which we kind of figured out when we made this today. Okay. So it's two tablespoons of instant coffee. We are using Taster's Choice.
1: Okay. But you can use any kind of instant coffee? You can coffee? use any
0: kind of instant <laughs> coffee. Um, two tablespoons of sugar, okay. two tablespoons of hot water, and then you just, blend the bejesus out of it with an electric mixer until it gets really foamy almost where it's like the consistency of like meringue Mm. yeah Hmm. and then that's it and you put it in a cup and you probably have to eat it with a spoon because it's really thick
1: okay um well let's i'm gonna try mine I mean, that tastes like instant coffee It's has been <laughs> sweetened.
0: <laughs> it's intense.
1: It is very intense. Um, I
0: mean, I feel like you're going to... I feel like this is going to give you some effects.
1: Oh, like caffeine effects? Or some, just...
0: Just a lot of effects, like,
1: <laughs> like
0: I, the sugar and the caffeine.
1: I think it's supposed to be added. Oh, man, it's really bitter. Added. I think it's supposed to be added to milk much like you know espresso uh, and then you add it add it a lot to, you know so hardcore okay. coffee drinkers would would eat this but um I yeah, do, i'm glad the sugar's in there that makes sense
0: because you can't drink this <laughs> it's very no
1: it's it's foamy which is cool yeah but yeah if you were to top um maybe some hot milk with you know like some steamed milk mm. with this or even um i have my, like my friend emily Baileys yeah my friend something. emily added it to this sort of like a, a liqueur um like a butterscotch liqueur i can't remember the name of it but uh she said that was good and um yeah that's intense
0: yeah <laughs> i mean it's pretty it's pretty good
1: i like it yeah yeah i like it um i'm breathing out my nose right now <laughs> to taste it i think it's it needs the sugar without the yeah, sugar oh, yeah. it would not be
0: no it's, kind of like, it's like a tasty dessert yeah a tasty intense dessert
1: Speaking of intense, um, today's murder is from the great country of Russia, Ooh. and I've been fascinated with Russia for my whole adult life. I guess ever since I started reading, and in college, I was assigned uh, reading some book by Dostoevsky, and it was really hard to read it because there's so many characters, and you don't, and so many names for each character, and you don't know what's going on but there's just something about that literature and really i think that country and that culture that just um there's a universality to it where amidst all the confusing references and the things you don't you don't understand there are these parts where the character come to a point in their experience and they say something and it you can relate to it on a very deep level whether it be like the heights of joy or the depths of sorrow like the all his character all these characters in dostoevsky and and in a lot of russian literature are very extreme and it's literature right so reading it you think okay this can't actually be how life is in russia right but looking at the life of rasputin it kind of seems like, at least in certain periods of history, life has been like that. Um, the information I'm using today is chiefly from this book, um, at 100% from this book called <laughs> the, life and, the Life and Times of Grigory Rasputin by Alex De Jong. And um, it's so intense. And so the, the, the murder, the crime that I'm presenting today is not a crime committed by Grigory Rasputin it's a crime against him but um but this i just finished this book and since we're doing this podcast the timing was too perfect to not take advantage of this so i want to i want to talk a little bit about um i just kind of want to tell the story of of him and all the way up leading to his um his murder in 1916 all
0: right. um this is going to be good i'm excited
1: <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> I'm so worried I'm gonna screw it up um, I've got <laughs> okay if you so that we've got these two cups of like random like coffee coffee coffeegona di- 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 coffee uh, whipped coffee with um with my scribbles on sheets of paper. I've got this book over here I've got two pens, my cell phone, and then a computer a laptop with like about a third of the notes that i had meant to write so it's it's very it's very disheveled but uh it kind of like matches the uh the the aesthetic of the story that i'm about to tell um rasputin was born in the early 1860s there is no uh known exact date um there weren't birth records taken in where he w- was living which was a place called Prokrovsko Pokro- in western siberia um he was a peasant he did seem to display um clairvoyant powers there's a story uh, most of what's known from his life before he basically moved to petersburg which was his like his uh society life which you know he was known all the time before that leading up to that is much much of it is um accounted in some writings of his daughter she wrote a few books about his life after he came to prominence and, and and like there was a demand for this kind of book and so that's where we get a lot of this information. But um apparently when he was a little boy there was like this town meeting that was taking place inside the Resputin home. Resputin is the family name, you know, but that's because he's so famous we just call him Rasputin. And so um there was a dispute about a horse that had been stolen and someone was saying, you know, so whoever stole this horse needs to speak up well no one did. Well little Grigori points to this man and said he he stole the horse and everybody's kind of like (laughs) (laughs) kind of like oh interesting well anyway the men of the village secretly followed the guy that he had pointed at home and found him leading the horse out of his yard he had stolen the horse and so they they apprehended him um but uh but that was um just kind of a a little an, an early omen or not a sign of things to come in his life the sign that, that he had he did have a strange ability to know things that would be hard to know um and uh, as he grew up, um, I guess this is, would be a good point in the show to say that if people have kids, like you know, you might not want to have them listening. This is, there's there's such crazy things that happen in this story. Oh,
0: right? Yeah. There's
1: there's sex. There's violence. And so uh, I don't I don't know exactly what we're gonna talk about, but I mean, if if um, I've just had a couple people mention that <laughs> their, their kids <laughs> were listening with them, and uh, and they had so to like your yeah. kids
0: are uh, coffee with crime podcast yeah, fans.
1: Yeah, they may just uh, sit this one out. Yeah. But uh, but young Gregory was very promiscuous. I mean, uh, like his sexual drive was very strong from a young age, and so it was just like known around town that he was always sleeping around, and that was he was notorious for that. Um, now,
0: was that like frowned upon in their town, or was this just like anything goes? Kind of a. a
1: I day? mean, that that I don't really know, but I will say this: he he married. <laughs> but um it's said in the book that when he married it wasn't from desire but because he thought it would help him mend his ways so oh, okay it, um and we're going to get way more into the religious aspect in a little bit russia is very very you know religious it's orthodox um russian christianity has as uh prevailed there for a long time and uh i guess up until the revolution but um but yeah, there there was probably a sense that just based on the general knowledge of the commands in the Bible, like you shouldn't, you know, like right, this yeah. this be kind of behavior behavior is wrong. But he didn't care, and uh, and when he got married, yeah, he he thought that this would be some sort of a cure, which is you know, which. Gives us a little insight into his thought process of that, but uh, it didn't. He kept he kept his philandering ways, and uh, his wife was strangely tolerant of this uh, sexual excess. He says she said Grigori has enough to go around for everybody. Wow, and uh, didn't just seemed to like live with this. So it was it was a very strange.
0: Now was it common in like Russia for men to take like multiple wives? No. Okay, that would
1: not. No, okay. it, it, there was. I mean. Um, again, uh, uh, a little as um, I, I might as well mention it now because there was well actually I'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, there there were cults okay. there were cults with with leaders that had you know thirty wives um, just like pretty much any country sure. probably has. Because I was
0: thinking maybe that that would be a good you know solution to his problem.
1: Yeah, well, interesting you should say that because that his life okay. kind of did take that turn. I'll just <laughs> let,
0: I'll let you. <laughs>
1: I'm the crime person today. <laughs> don't tell my story.
0: I don't know anything about this. I know, so you're, I you're
1: still guessing. <laughs> um, there was, an, there was a, a, an incident that happened um, sometime after this. Again, we, there's this big chunk of 40 years that we basically don't exactly know what happened when, other than the writings of Rasputin's daughter. But, but uh, he, Rasputin and his friend tried stealing a horse and they were apprehended which is ironic since you know he had helped someone fight a horse thief before but they were apprehended and and he was beaten very badly to the point where he almost died and when he recovered he um it was suspected that he had permanent brain damage he didn't talk the same he had a weird a, a weird mumble and and uh and he stuttered as whereas he hadn't before and um and just ex- overall exhibited this behavior that some people would say is similar to like having a seizure or something, mm. but but it was just ongoing. It wasn't like he was losing consciousness. He just he just became uh, what you know what people would describe as strange, like right. like different. And it, but at the same time, after he recovered, he kind of um, he his life of of partying and dissipation sort of. Um, ceased and, and he became serious. He, he describes himself as having gone through like a spiritual conversion yeah, uh, he stopped drinking alcohol, which he had drank pretty heavily before that, and he became a vegetarian, which was very unusual too. I mean, that wasn't a common thing. So, made a lot of life changes, and at some point, he just uh, wanted to enter um, a monastery, and so he did. But he not in the traditional sense where you just join this monastery and, and you get go through this training. He became like this pilgrim, and so he traveled all over Russia. And there are these little, there are these monasteries everywhere all over Russia. And, and he just did that for years. He traveled and he left his wife and he left his uh, daughter and his wife, you know, maybe didn't miss him that much because he (laughs) may not have, may not have been that much of a help to have around. I, it's just anyone's guess, but um, it it could be that, that, that wasn't the worst thing that happened to her when he he left.
0: Do you know like roughly how old he was at this time?
1: 40-ish. Okay. Yeah. Well, younger than that, but uh, uh, yeah. So between 35 and 40. Okay. Um, and, and again we don't know his exact birth date. Uh, he didn't know ex- his exact uh, birthday year um, but he starts traveling around and that's where this element of cult religion comes in. there was this group called the Old Believers in Russia who um, who practiced beliefs that it, it was it was kind of like it's kind of like there's you know there's official Orthodox um, Russian Christianity, and then there's these little sects. They weren't they weren't really viewed as cults, as, if, as as in like watch out for that cult. It was just like in this little village. You got to remember, Russia's this giant country, and and Siberia even itself is just it, it just really there's so much landmass, and there's so many people spread out and a lot of times you know it's not like today where they are in contact with with each other and they influence each other so they all take orthodox christianity and they create their own little version mixed with the mysticisms and the and the legends and lore that they have in their towns and that becomes their religion well overall it was given this name of like old believers Mm -hmm. and they were persecuted for a long time whenever russian authorities would you know like like I guess federal authorities would find them people that practiced these these more um, syncretistic small village religions. They would be tortured sometimes and, and killed. It was it was very common. So that happened, and which which kind of um, caused a lot of these people to dig their heels in it and it made them become even more convinced against the official religion and in their own beliefs. And so you've got, you've got all these strongly established little cult-like versions of Christianity all over Russia. And then Rasputin, who from a young age had been really enamored with these stories, these, you know, stories probably partly fable and partly reality of like miracles and mystical appearances and, and, uh, and abilities of, of some of these um, people. That he had heard about heard told uh, you know in the from grandfathers and whatever. Um, he, as someone who's already fascinated with that, and having this experience where he, you know, he's changed, he's more interested in in spiritual things. He goes out as a pilgrim and just goes to all these different places and is having all these experiences, talking to all these people, and so this probably was a very formative time for him because. Um, because he was just on his own and he was probably formulating his ideas. But whereas if you just go to a, like a, like a, uh, seminary for four years, you learn, you know, kind of one way he was learning all sorts of different things and he got yeah. to just kind of have a smorgasbord of like what spirituality right. was. And so that he ended up with a, uh, with a, what a lot of people considered like a really contorted, um, version of his of spirituality where i mean he did really kind things he did really messed up things he he would help people he would use people and he would kind of explain it all away as like this is you know this is the spirit
0: <laughs> oh wow yeah um
1: yeah. and a lot of people do that but because he was someone who rose to prominence so much in his day um it really ended up uh screwing some things up yeah. later on but Anyway, so he's traveling around, and eventually ends up in kind of more society life. He kind of, long story short, he kind of just like climbed the ladder of being a monk very quickly, and and in uh, again in Russia, monks aren't necessarily celibate. I, I don't think that's part of it, you know. They probably just...
0: wouldn't have worked out for Rasputin.
1: Well, I don't think he cared either way, but but yeah, I mean, th- they definitely weren't supposed to have a bunch of lovers, but uh, right. but but they but that wasn't part of it. Um, but he uh, but he's a, a monk in the Orthodox sense, and he's just traveling around, and, and as he keeps meeting people, and he keeps getting introduced to like people who are higher on the plane of in, in the monastic world in the in the orthodox world and and eventually um in I think 1906 he meets he's introduced to um the the czar whose name is Nicholas and the czar's wife who is named Alexandra and they're kind of taken with him right away they're just um oh, where's this uh let's see what do I have here he's um there are a couple of people that described him uh, first, one of, the, one of the monks that met him described him as uh, being dressed in a cheap, gr- greasy gray coat. Um, his pockets were inflated like those of a beggar who deposits any eatables that are given to him. Trous- trousers, shabby boots blacked with tar. His beard looked like a piece of sheepskin pasted to his face. Um, dirt under his long and turned in fingernails so uh yeah sounds
0: attractive yeah
1: so there's that but then people people would always talk about being like hypnotized or feeling like they were hypnotized by his piercing blue eyes Mm. there was something about his eyes people always talked about his eyes there was something about here's a here's a picture of him right here
0: he does have hypnotic eyes he's got
1: those eyes even on the uh, cover of this book (laughs) and uh and
0: And that book that uh picture isn't even in color either it's not but his eyes they do have a special uh Quality to them, not <laughs> oh, being serious.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And so there's something to be said for that. And I think that was one of the things that really I mean, he exerted this dominance over people. And you see it, um, you see it all over. the You see it with the czar. You see it with um, women in his life. But he would, he kind of like, he kind of just made. He said, "This is how it's going to be." And and for a lot of not everyone, but for a lot of people, they were like, "All right." Yeah. <laughs> and so he had this presence. He was tall. He was. He was. Um, yeah, he was just kind of an imposing figure. But um, what people would find a lot of times was that he was very tender. He, you know, because of this um, speech impediment that he had, he he was he, people. People almost looked at him with sympathy. Yeah. Uh, even despite some of the other things they would hear about him, they would they would feel sorry for him. And and then um, that combined with his just general. Yeah. I guess maybe um charisma would cause a lot of people to just kind of go go with the flow um with what he said um the uh the, the czar's wife alexandra she was she was actually german born which is interesting that there was like a tradition at the, in this time that the czar was always russian but he but he whoever he was he would have to um find a wife from a different nation oh, it was it was like a, it was like a good luck charm or something oh, i can't wow. remember exactly the details but she was german oh. and had moved to russia and you know just done that thing um and uh she had a natural attraction toward mystical beliefs uh, a belief in holy men you know from uh, who 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 uh are, do miracles and a dislike of doctors. Mm. The reason that comes into play is because when uh, their firstborn son Alexei, was born, <laughs> um, let's we got to <laughs> pause here. Your your name is Alexei. My name is
0: Alexey.
1: Uh, you're you're a woman. I am. Um, but in Russia. Uh, women are not named Alexei. The men are named Alexei.
0: That is correct. Um, yeah. I know
1: this is a huge hijack of the story, but can you, <laughs> can you tell the story of, of your encounter with a guy from Russia?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, um, like Lewis was saying, he's very he's been very interested in Russian history and literature and stuff. And my dad was also very interested in that, um, especially around the time that um, I was born. He's reading a lot of Russian literature and all that. So uh, he found the name Alexei in a book and decided that that's what they wanted to name me. And yeah, it is a man's name, but I think it works.
1: I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It it works for you.
0: My brother's name is Nikolai. So kind of same theme. Yeah. Um, But, and my sister's name is Katrina, which is also a Russian name. Sure. But
1: both of those names are traditionally aligned with yeah, the Yeah, so I'm
0: the one that got the, the gender-bending Al- name. Although
1: around here, I mean, everyone either, they people accidentally think that your name is Lexi or Alexa or something like right, that. Yeah. And so it's not like a stretch in the U.S. I mean, so many people in the U.S. have so many different names and it's just like there's not as much of a cut and dried idea of like, if you're a man, this is your name Oh, you know, this is only a man's name. This is only a woman's name. You know, I, right. we, we know men named Lauren and uh, <laughs> maybe uh, anyway. So, so, yeah, so but uh, in Russia, Alexi is like purely right. a man's name and you've got this funny story. Yeah, that I, I so that you I was, tell.
0: Uh, I was working in Chicago this past February. I was at the Chicago auto show and I, I will try to do like my best Russian accent yes. while I tell the story. But I was talking to this guy for quite a while. Um, you know, he had a bunch of questions and we, we had a long conversation. And I could tell that he was, you know, some kind of, you know, Eastern European or Russian. He had a, you know, pretty strong accent. And when we were finished with our conversation, he said to me, he goes, I have one more question. And I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, your name and he's like, it's Russian. And I said, yeah, it is. And, and he said, but it is the name of a man. And then he starts laughing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, you know, I kind of like told him the story of why that was my name. And he goes, but why? Why will your parents do that to you? <laughs> and then he tells me, he goes, you should never go to Russia. They will not understand that.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> so to so to put it in context a little bit to help us understand like how strange it might sound for a Russian person to hear about a woman named Alexi. What's the example you Oh, uh,
0: I always care- say that it's like meeting a woman named Roger.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roger. Cuz that would be that yeah, would you be I don't yeah, you don't hear I mean I've If never, you're
0: a woman out there and your name is Roger, please we, contact yeah, us. Yeah, I would love to meet you. We want
1: to know yeah. your story. That's <laughs> so funny.
0: Yeah, so that's that's that.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, the Tsar, uh, he was called the Tsarevich. Um so so the, the Tsar is Nicholas. The the name for the Tsar's wife is Tsarina, and her name is Alexandra the German a uh, German lady, and then the uh, Tsarevich is Alexei, and Alexei was born with a genetic condition called hemophilia. Mm. Um, I didn't know what that was. I had to look it oh, up. Okay, it's the inability for the blood to clot, and so it makes hemorrhaging something that can happen instantaneously. You can bleed to death um, very quickly, and so f- they knew that early on, and 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 that was the single greatest torturous source of of um worry and and terror for this the for alexandra for her whole life because she was just always worried that Alexei was going to cut his knee and die and she was and understandably she was always worried about this they had family doctors she didn't have the greatest relationship with them she didn't really trust them um but he was treated like a porcelain doll for his whole life i mean they like it It's said that uh, that um Soldiers would carry him from one place to another wow. instead of him walking because his mother was worried that he would fall and cut his knee and, and boy. bleed to death. Yeah, and so um, he he ended up being a little brat, which I is bet. not hard to imagine <laughs> because he was just spoiled and it, it, it carried almost, everywhere by he almost,
0: soldiers. <laughs> right,
1: um, he almost had to be spoiled if you think about it. I mean, in a certain way, so that you know, like, so that they didn't, uh, you know. Um, accidentally um
0: like like drop him or or something like something happened to
1: him but um anyway so he um sorry i lost my train of thought here oh no you're good um so he had hemophilia and he was babied um one day when he was a little older he did have a hemorrhage and he there was nothing the doctors could do alexandra was very worried alexandra was very worried and at this point they've been getting to know rasputin for a little while so, so she calls him in rasputin um kneels down and touches the boy's leg and the bleeding stops oh wow and so this is one of the things where it starts to be like wow like what's going on here because that like you know, people can say this or say that, but this actually happened. Yeah. Like like this condition was just stopped. And he he prayed for the boy for for Alexia and he his the the bleeding just stopped. And so um, after that, that kind of sealed Rasputin's role as like you know, he had been a close friend before that, but he became like basically the you know, the third member of the czar and and his wife like he was he was royal family at that point he was with them all the time she was he was his, uh her good luck charm for her son i mean he was just yeah. with them all the time at the same time in his in his free time he's going all around petersburg and just like and just like having dinners with people and uh he, he really rasputin had much more of a strong influence over women than he did over men women just seemed to be really entranced by him and 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 he would talk about his stories from the past he would um he would say spiritual things he would make predictions about things he would just he would just be weird and people people really were uh, fascinated mm. by it um they and and his his um condition of the, the, his strange way of speaking actually helped him establish that reputation because he wasn't normal he was what you might expect if there was a strange man with gifts from siberia who moved into petersburg who knew the royal family who, who was said to have healing powers who had these impressive mystical prayers he was the kind of guy you would expect so he was this like package deal and he had risen through the ranks of of monasticism but at this point He just kind of really cut ties with the you know a lot of the people that he had used to know, and he became like a close confidant to the royal family. But at the same time, he's living like this double life. He's he's having these society dinners, and he he really was known as like like a like a sexually um, just like like aggressive person um he was always like hitting on women i mean and he even turned it he even based on some of the weird cultish things that he had learned and picked picked up on um he like there was there was someone who was like someone who had influenced him who had said that chastity was like pride you know um chastity was like thinking that you're too good so so by a exercising you know all of like just just like expressing every single sexual desire you have you're like humiliating yourself you're you're humbling yourself yeah he had this idea and he would and he would tell women this who would who wanted to be (laughs) wanted to be spiritual like him and humble too and so there's there's this really weird you know there's this one side where he's like really helping this this royal family Mm -hmm. and then there's this other side where he's like a total hypocrite and not and and just like
0: womanizer yeah
1: womanizer and um and and really um and yeah just just not a good guy as 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 the time as the times go on well the question
0: oh sorry did he do you think he actually like believed that or do you think he was just saying that to like
1: (sighs) with someone like him i think it's impossible to say right i think he did believe it i really think maybe he he did i mean he was it seems like he was so even even though he was completely like a like a conflict, conflicted person with like two sides, it seems like through belief in spirituality, he brought those things together to say it's a paradox. Right. And I mean, all religion has, para, you know, faith has paradoxes in it, you know, believing right. believing something in spite of mm-hmm. it not um, being able to be rationally proven, right? So, I mean, just in his own way, maybe in a very misguided and, possi- you know, immoral way, he was saying, hey, I I, I live, I, I, I heal and I pray on in, in this part of the day and I sleep around and I get completely wasted and, you know... Um, all the time on this other part of the day and that's just like who i am that's Mm -hmm. that's where the spirit leads you know (laughs) and he would say things like that so um but but he he didn't really he was doing this so much i mean it was like it was like an everyday thing for him this these these uh um liaisons with him yeah and so it started getting around, and and as far as anyone can tell, there was never anything like that involved with uh, with the Tsar's wife with Alexander. Okay, he, I was he,
0: I was wondering about that. Yeah, he never did. Okay, <clears throat> <clears throat> that you know about.
1: That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, no, she looked at him as a holy man okay. who who had healing powers and spiritual powers. And uh, I th- from uh, the the author of this book really seems to do a good job at like looking at all. Re- he seems to have done a very extensive research on everything on letters that were written by the royal family but also letters that were written by people that hated the royal family by people that hated rasputin by uh, people from other countries but it pretty much he seems to have covered enough perspectives where when he when he says something that happened if it's in doubt then he says it's in doubt and if it's very likely that it happened he's able to say with some certainty as an author like this this actually happened and so right. one of the things he said is what he he never he says that despite all rasputin's um, like female companions uh, that the the Tsar czar, Tsarina was not one of them.
0: Okay. He had like a different type of respect for her. Maybe. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. However the 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 Tsar czar and Tsarina start hearing about all these escapades and they start hearing about it from people who are like actually reputable sources. And so a lot of people are and what's going on at the same time is that Rasputin is actually becoming like a an advisor to the czar the czar nicholas was viewed as weak he was seen as weak by the russian people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and and also very aloof he wasn't he, he just was so focused on what was the affairs of his family mm-hmm. and just his daily walking routine he wasn't seen as someone who was like really involved in the you know helping the russian people and so Rasputin took advantage of that and would at one point um, Ras- Rasputin being a, uh, a pacifist would would discourage him from going to war with other countries, even though there were, you know, there were, there was aggression on the part of the other countries too. He, he told the czar, he's like, you can't do this. And the czar would listen to him. And so people, once people started finding that out, just through people like uh, hearsay and stuff like that, they started really viewing Rasputin as more of a threat to to Russia than, than even the czar with his weakness and his aloofness because here, you know, there's this crazy guy from Siberia who's a peasant and who's like whispering in the czar's ear telling him what to do. So, at this point, between his influence on the czar and between and his um, escapades with with women, uh, despite being saying that he's a holy man of God, Things start really. People start saying a lot of bad stuff about him, and and it gets starts getting in the press. And sometimes in, in in Russia, you know, that's there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't allowed to be written about. But people, it's funny some of the some of the things that journalists would write about Rasputin were like heavily guised in poetry. And so I, I wish I had a, a, an excerpt from it. I don't have it right now, but it's it's funny to read something in a newspaper that's like a, just a poem, but it's someone like really forcefully trying as hard as they can say to say. Trying as hard as they can to say, you know, kick this guy out of right. out of Russian authority. He's he's like he's like messing up our country. Um, that's but that's uh, that's how that's how things were back then. Yeah. And even though I think a lot of Russian literature was written as sort of like a protest. Like that was a, a viable way of not writing in a newspaper but saying like, hey, this is wrong right. with our country um so time is going by the royal family is hearing more about these things and there's pressure on them to do something with him but really what it came down to was that um Alexandra was just just felt she felt dependent on Rasputin she felt like their like her son would die you know if he weren't there like Within you know within a day's travel yeah. within a would te- just if it wasn't possible for her to send a telegram and have him there at her side to heal, him and you know that he would um. So so they they viewed him as indispensable to their family. He's this again. Think it, it it's I mean, crazy. He healed this,
0: their son. He and did, that's...
1: and and it's just. But it's so weird because of where he comes from. Like it's just who could have predicted that this peasant turned monk from the little corner of like country siberia would would end up being an advisor the most influential advisor to the czar right it's crazy um what also ended up happening politically was that um again on the recommendation of rasputin the czar actually took away control of the russian army away from the general and took it upon himself so the czar became like the general which left his wife alexandra to be you know as far as a political figurehead she was she was presided over the country everything Mm -hmm. that wasn't military you know she was she was in charge of but people by then already knew that again rasputin is like like whispering in her ear all the time like telling her what to do with his crazy ideas with his crazy blue eyes (laughs) you know (laughs) um and uh so but something happened that like even despite all the the uh rumors which were true about Rasputin something happened where the family was on vacation they were they were getting away and and uh, a very very severe hemorrhage um Attacked the the young boy Alexi. and uh, there was like a there was like a huge uh, blood filled tumor Ooh. that um that was like g- becoming larger. And Rasputin is back in St. Petersburg, and the family is like out in the country somewhere at their you know like Martha's Vineyard or whatever. Right. And uh, and the doc they had two doctors, two royal doctors there, and neither of them knew what to do because the only thing you could do is operate on, it. and they feared that if they operated on it, the blood would all rush out and and the boy would just die so there was nothing they could do alexander sends a telegram to rasputin rasputin stops what he's doing and again this was like this was confirmed by even people who were skeptics of rasputin Mm -hmm. from the different people who observed different sides of this but rasputin stops what he's doing he goes and prays to his favorite icon i can't remember the icon's name and he prays until um his face is gray and streaked with sweat then he sends a telegram to the to alexander saying the boy is fine um uh, nothing to worry about so the next morning he's he's healed the boy like (sighs) oh
0: my gosh and
1: so that yeah just uh, and and i mean there's so many you know you could you could go back and forth of course about like was it going to heal anyway and and all this stuff but but it the thing that matters as far as his life and as far as the you know the situation is that she believed right that this was this was due to his prayer and that that really made him like untouchable there was no chance of him getting kicked out no matter i mean and and all escalating like there's revolutionaries even in inside russian politics there's people that are like we like we need to make a movement against the czar he's too weak he's destroying our country he's listening to this crazy monk you know his wife is in charge and she's like listening to him too and she's making decisions and that aren't good for you know anyone and there's this growing resentment against them but it doesn't matter what anyone says like Rasputin is in with the family you know especially after this it was even said that uh from like he would he would uh, the the czar would get these headaches, and he would talk to Rasputin over the phone, and Rasputin would like talk down his headache over the phone. Don't you wish that there was like yes, a service like I that?
0: Would call Rasputin <laughs> all the time
1: one eight hundred Rasputin. <laughs> um, and so, he, uh, yeah, that was like a known a, a thing for for him to even like from from afar to do these healings, which is just crazy. That's yeah. very unheard of, even in the spirit in the spiritual world, mm-hmm. you know um so so he's untouchable and again he's just living this profligate lifestyle he's he's drunk all the time he you know he had gone from like stopping drinking after his conversion experience to like this life where he's got you know a lot of resources he can do whatever he wants he he just i mean it's almost it's it's the kind of life a lot of people would live if you got a free pass right i mean and like and and he's he already displayed this kind of behavior before so literally he gets like whatever he wants all the time and all he has to do is like heal some people every once in a while <laughs> it's crazy um and so after that um there he he, uh, he was put in this um he started living in an apartment and this is really interesting he started acting as almost like a a liaison between the the royal family and and just and just every russian citizen i think he was living in petersburg so obviously you would have to come from a long way to to visit him if you wanted but some people would and they would ask him for money they would talk you ask him for a prayer they would ask him for like a job in the government they would they would like he kept the schedule of like meeting with like dozens of people every day and he had this this purse he had this you know um, amount of money that he would regularly receive from the czar and he would um and he would also like ask for for officials that came to visit him that needed something more politically and not money-wise he would like ask them for bribes he would straight up say hey i need money from you and they would give it to him then he would take that and kind of robin hood like give money to the poor and so poor people uh you know he 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 increasingly developed this rapport among the people that were like him that had his same upbringing and, and roots where they they loved him and, and in, in a way, there started to be this divide in Russia where a lot of the poor people viewed Rasputin's role in the royal family as like a representation of themselves. They viewed it as a good thing that he was there because like he was one of them. And so there was, yeah, and again, with knowing what was about to happen with Russia, with the revolution, and, and all these things emphasizing like the labor class and everything, you can see that there's this sentiment already going on where people want to be represented and they don't feel represented. And Rasputin is like the last thread of that. Like he's, he's, the, he's the last representation of some kind of no, nobility that the, that the poor working man has. And so he's, he's also playing that role even while people are plotting his death. Uh, speaking of which, so he comes out of his apartment one day and someone makes an attempt on his life. This old woman, oh. beggar woman with like a, a scarf covering her face. She like jabs a knife oh. into his stomach and then like <gasps> lifts it up into his rib cage. Oh my God. And so he manages, at this point he's like 50.
0: Why would this old beggar woman want to kill him?
1: Someone had hired, hired her. Oh. Yeah, there okay. were there were like a lot. There was just a lot of people that wanted him dead.
0: Yeah, were they like jealous of him, or was he like doing stuff they didn't like?
1: Everything, just all like of the political above. Stuff yeah, I mean, pretty much yeah. anyone in politics was beneath him, right? Which they all hated. So, I mean, there were, there were a lot of, we're going to get more into like, when, um, a couple of, uh, specific names, but this first one was, was an unsuccessful attempt on his life and someone, someone hired this old woman to stab him. Well, so he's 50 years old, but he's probably not super strong. So he had a, he had a walking stick with him Mm -hmm. and he managed to like hit her and like send her, get, get her to go away. Um. And it was a life-threatening, I mean, he almost died from it, but he, uh, there was a 16-hour surgery done, uh, especially because of the risk of infection with, like, a dirty knife off the street from a a homeless person, like, that, you know, the the infection might have caused just as much of a threat as the actual um, stab itself, but he did recover, he wasn't ever the same, of course, with a thing like that, Um, he, you know, and, and just the fact that he was continually, like, drinking all the time, like like not getting enough sleep just living a very unhealthy lifestyle all the time didn't help but he was just a tough guy and he he, he got through it and from that point on he really <coughs> um he was more paranoid he hadn't been par- paranoid mm-hmm. for his life before but after that happened he he really started being more careful like being careful about his appointments and making sure there was a guard with him all the time um as as often as possible um but uh um let's see what's next he had a he had a, a, an, imp- an impending sense of the fact that he eventually was going to be assassinated and and he talks about that um uh let's see where do i have he had a, like a premonition um i'm gonna find it here in this book just so i get it right um
0: that book has pictures in it it
1: does have some pictures yeah
0: cool (laughs) (laughs)
1: um actually i don't think that's the right oh uh rasputin writes my dear precious ones a, a threat hangs over us a great misfortune is coming the face of the merciful mother of god has grown dark the spirit has entered the silence of the night and there is no consolation the anger will be terrible and there is no place to run it is written stay watchful for you can know neither the night nor the hour the time has come for our land the blood runs chill with fear there is so much blood so many cries of pain the night of dreadful suffering is dark i cannot see my hour will come soon so there he's seeing his own death coming i have no fear but you must know that the hour will be bitter i will suffer a great martyrdom i will forgive my torturers and will inherit the kingdom you will take pity pity on me the young ones will see much you need not pray for god to give you strength you will be saved you need not pray long for god to give you strength you will be saved i grieve for you and for our lives god knows the way of your suffering people without number will be destroyed brother will ha- die at the hand of brother there will be great misfortune the earth will tremble so w- if you if you read that and think about the russian revolution and the things that it eventually brought you can definitely see that i mean it's you know it's it doesn't necessarily mean he knew the details but it definitely in, in light of history seems pretty accurate as far as and, and he viewed his own death as like the trigger for this okay and and again the the uh the reason is because you know he was that representation for the people that as hypocritical as he was, he played that role of being of of like of the of the 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 poor working man, I guess, yeah. And so he knew he had the sense that once he was gone, then the the royal family was like, you know, they were done for and and he was right um okay so there is a uh, a prince named yusupov, yusupov. Let me show you a show you a picture of prince yusupov
0: is that his first name
1: no last name uh felix Ooh. is his is his first name did you think i was going to say his name was Alexei? <laughs> <laughs> <He> kind of did <laughs> uh okay there's prince yusupov kind of oh. looks like vladimir putin a little bit
0: yeah he does <laughs> and, and his, his clean cut looking guy
1: yeah um he, he is in that picture um he is an interesting guy he was um born to a uh uh you know a, a royal like not not the not the son of the czar but he was born to a uh, i think a ge- like a general with a pretty good station in the war and then also to a, a mother who was described as very like austere and mm-hmm. and uh and strict um his father was like said to be gruff but not brutal just like kind of like a i don't know what you would what you would call that but between these two somewhat strict people um he ended up enjoying wearing women's clothes when he when he got older and he was he was attracted to men and so this was this became like known you know in the russian government to certain people and of course this like was not
0: in that picture, it looks like he's with a woman. Is that his wife?
1: That is his wife. He, okay. He first tried... Um. He tried to cure himself of, of being attracted to men. He tried yoga first, and then he tried marriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not sure. The book doesn't go into a lot of details about that. Um, right. But it, it is definitely an interesting fact about him. Um, yoga
0: and marriage. Yeah,
1: yoga and marriage. Um, <laughs> he was... Um, he was very jealous of Rasputin. he didn't like rasputin's role he he was not attracted to Rasputin at all he from the time he met him, he was kind of disgusted with him and he already knew a lot of the things that that were being said about him and that were being proved to be true. Oh, this is also funny. Rasputin would um in in these like par- late night parties and these just like soirees and stuff he would hire gypsies to to play music hmm. that was and that was like a thing back then it was like a it was like that like if you want to I mean, I mean, I'm a I'm a live musician. Yeah. I guess I guess were they when, like
0: really good <clears throat> musicians? Were they known for that, or
1: I think it was more the element of like what the environment they would create with that sort of
0: okay, like a party atmosphere. Yeah, very okay. very much
1: like a party. It would be, it would have been like dance music nowadays, right? A, you know, they they could get a string quartet to play Mozart, but that wouldn't get people in the mood to dance and sure. go crazy. It would be like the gypsy music that would so. Um, anyway this this uh, uh felix yusupov was also a fan of gypsy music he was he was into the arts he was very he could sing very good and uh, and he hated rasputin and he started plotting against his life he found um some others that that were and really this is just like this is just the, the russian revolution like gearing up like ramping up these are some of the the men in the government that are like, all right, it's time to do something about it. Like, we got to stop talking about it and do this now. And some of them even became vocal in the proceedings of the government about like killing, about assassinating Rasputin. So finally, um, uh, on, uh, let's see, Felix Yusupov meets um, this guy named Sukotin, who's a, a politician, very, very Zealous politician who just yells and screams and, and and like never stays still for a moment and is very very loud. Um, so he meets this 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 uh, extremist and they both start talking about the need to kill Rasputin. They get uh, they get um, no, I'm sorry, it's Pereshkovitch. It's uh, Mr. Pereshkovitch. Okay. He was the he was the the politician. So Pereshkovitch gets his doctor, Doctor Z- uh, Zazovert, and then this officer, officer Sukoten. And the four of them invite Rasputin to a, a phonograph party, which I, which would have. <laughs> it's like let's what, let's what is that? listen to records.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: um, before TV, I guess okay, that's what sure. people would do—is listen to listen right. to records. Um, seems like a seems like a fun thing to do.
0: Fo- phonograph party.
1: Phonograph party. Yeah.
0: Phonograph and chill.
1: Mm-hmm. Phonograph and chill. Exactly. Phonograph and kill. <laughs> because <laughs> no, what happens is they try to. Um, they try to poison Rasputin. they have um oh, what is it called i'm sure i mean it's uh it's cyanide basically i oh, thought that, okay. that there was a little more but that's that's like the uh, well, pota- potassium cyanide how
0: did they like give it to him it was know, in a powder in his so. tea okay. Okay.
1: and they gave him enough for like four to kill like four people and he drinks it up and he doesn't die and they're waiting and these four guys are waiting and they're like what's going on and you know they're just they're on edge because like running
0: out of records this isn't they haven't
1: assassinated anyone before they're not serial killers like these are government people they're worried about the reputation they know they want to kill this they know they want to kill Rasputin but he drinks this poison and he doesn't die so they give him more they give him like a double dose the next time and this is all
0: in the same night all in the same
1: night they're listening to phonographs they're you know talking and doing whatever politicians do and and Rasputin um isn't dying, so finally Yusupov he had a backup plan. Felix Yusupov grabs a gun, and he shoots Rasputin um in the like the chest or something like that. I don't know exactly where. Okay. It, it, you know, he again he's he's not a trained killer. He's not sure. like a like an officer from the army um, from army. But uh, <laughs> but he shoots him and he goes down. And Yusupov thinks, okay, he's dead. I think he shot him twice. <laughs> And he's looking over his body, and they're getting ready to, you know, like cover him up. And all of a sudden, Resputin comes, like what? grabs him, and like grabs his body, and starts like fighting against him. So he shoots him three more times. What? Finally, they're like, all right, he's dead. So they bag him up, and they actually did not want to hide his body. They wanted it to be him to be found because it was such a political statement for him to be found dead. Right. They didn't want people to just, you know, because I mean, if they hit him, people would be like, oh, he like. He, like, disappeared and sure. went to heaven or something. They would create some sort of story. Right. They wanted to find, they wanted his cold, dead, you know, mutilated body to be found. Which this,
0: it, At this time, there was no, like, forensic evidence or anything like that. So, Mm-mm. I mean, this was, like, would have been probably pretty easy to get, get away with
1: yeah it would have they could have easily hidden him some some, i mean you know anywhere and you know a, a right, buried him somewhere but but no they they dumped him into a river which is um i forget the name of the river now but it's a a river that's famous in crime and punishment too the the character raskolnikov goes to that river and thinks about jumping in so it's like a famous river even in russian literature and they dump him in there and figure he'll he'll float downstream and be found um which he was but the crazy thing is when he was found And uh, the coroner examined him. There was water found inside his lungs, which seems to indicate that he was even slowly, like laboriously breathing even then, which means this guy, his body just from from the beginning of his life he was just tough not That's not as crazy. like some sort of a
0: and he had had like that beating after he stole a horse like he had been stabbed at this, this been point through like,
1: it. Oh but again God. i think he was in some ways he was kind of representative of like the the normal russian guy just like bad tough. stuff yeah. and you see that in in dostoevsky and tolstoy too they write about just this experience of just you know hard hard life yeah. like it's never easy and it doesn't get better <laughs> and so um so that is the story of the uh of rasputin and and the crazy thing is historically so this is december 16th of um, 1916 that he's killed and by early by february of 2017 sure enough the russian revolution comes in um the revolutionaries take over the uh the you know the um the the royal family and and russia changes forever and, re- and really, it, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that, that the death of Rasputin triggers like a huge, um, just water, it is a watershed moment in Russian history that changes it forever. Um, because he was like that dam holding the revolution back. He was like that person that sort of like had his foot in both worlds. Right. And once he was gone, then those worlds couldn't coexist. Sure. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, that's really... That's so interesting. Yeah. I know you've been reading this book for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, before bed every night. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any questions about anything? Not that I'll know the answers, but...
0: Um, You know, I, I'm trying to think, but I think you, I mean, you really covered everything very well. Well, it took me an hour. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that was very thorough. You did a really good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> No, I mean that's super interesting, and like I said, like I didn't know really any. I mean, I had heard the name before, hmm. but I didn't really know anything about Rasputin. Yeah, but I can see why you're so interested in it, because I mean, the, his whole life story is just like everything that happened to him was so interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, I, I would recommend some anyone who's interested to read the book, um, "The Life and Times of Grigori Rasputin" by Alex De Jong. I found this in my father-in-law's cabin <laughs> in July and um and I just started reading it and from the first uh, time that I picked it up I think the first thing that drew me in was the description of the world that Rasputin was born into it said that the first time like some some uh, wealthy man from the west was doing some work in Siberia and he had a black Lincoln and he was driving the the Lincoln down the street the car and this old siberian woman sees the car has a heart attack and faints because she thought it was the chariot of the antichrist now just like truth is stranger than fiction sometimes like that's i just can't imagine a world that is so steeped in in like poetry and and um and end times you know, events that, that that would be the first thing that someone thinks of when they see right. a, a big black car. Yeah. Not like, what is that? Is that is that something from the military? It's just like it's yeah. like this spiritual, yeah. like extreme thing, and that's really the world that he was born into, and yes. that's what his life reflects is yeah. just this extremism. Um, do sometimes doing very doing a lot of good and mm-hmm. helping people, but sometimes you know paradoxically doing yeah. a lot of bad too, and just living for yourself, and so. Um the Bet. story is just fascinating.
0: Do you know if they ever made like a movie about Rasputin?
1: I think they did, but I don't know. Right. I don't know That'd about it. That'd be
0: interesting it. to look into it as well. It would be. Yeah.
1: yeah. But anyway that's the story everybody.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, doing that, for do- yeah, doing all that research and definitely for putting more, this together. I really enjoyed that a lot.
1: I'm glad. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And um, this story today was definitely more emphasis on like the life of someone before they die. Sure. So But not- I like
0: that. I like that format that you did.
1: Yeah, but but certainly I, I, I don't think it I don't think um it, is inapplicable to our podcast because the crime in this case, the murder was like one of the crucial moments in one of the most, um, I guess, interesting countries in the world. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. Definitely. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And thank you all, everyone for listening to our podcast. We will
0: be doing another one on, I believe Sunday.
1: Yep. We're going to two a week now. Are we committing to that?
0: (laughs) I don't know. This was a special episode. So we'll have to, um, Maybe. We'll talk about it.
1: But we we will be back um, uh, on Sunday with another coffee and another crime. This Mm -hmm. crime, again, I'm handing the reins back to Alexi here, and I will take coffee duty.
0: All right. Sounds good. I Actually, yeah. I mean, this coffee that we had was, you know, try it for yourself at home if you have it. It's, it's, you know, something different. Yeah mix it with something
1: I, I liked it yeah i think i yeah. would i think ideally maybe mix it with some kind of a dairy product or a yeah. or almond product or a, <laughs> a soy product <laughs> any milk anything that has milk on the label
0: that's right <laughs> all right thank you so much this has been coffee with Prime.